Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Thanks so much for listening. Today we're going to take a little bit of time just to talk about something that's really pivotal for anyone who's building a business or a platform, and that is a brand. So what is a brand? What is branding? And how can we take our understanding, or once we kind of understand a little bit more about what a brand is, how can we take some strategic steps to ensure that we begin building a brand that not only fits what we want it to do, what we want to convey to our audience, but also something that is positive and reflects the end product or the end service that we provide to our customers. So an important thing to understand about branding, first of all, is what a brand is not. So a lot of times a brand gets associated with a logo. So sometimes if you would say, you know, when you, when you say the word branding, you know what comes to mind, um, you know, McDonald's, Nike, Coca-Cola, those are big brands, which is true they are, but it's not just the logo mark. It's not just the golden arches or the Nike swoosh that makes the brand. The brand is so much more than that. And it's actually fairly recent or, you know, in the modern and digital marketing age that a brand has become so much more than just a mark. You know, very early on, um, a brand actually very, very much was just a mark. So, for example, the term brand is kind of synonymous with ranchers. So, or, you know, people who owned a farm or had cattle. And very early on, it was just a very physical way to differentiate who owned which cattle. It was just a way to say, yeah, that's mine. Um Moving on to when products kind of started to become a little bit more, you know, commonplace. So like, for example, Coca-Cola, the branding element early on, you know, even in like the 50s or the 60s and that kind of time period, branding was still very similar to even the cattle ranchers style of branding, which is to say that they needed a way to be able to differentiate Coke from other types of soft drinks that were similar in the market. So... Early on, branding wasn't quite as important when there was just one type of product. So if there was just cola or soda, you don't really need a special name or a special brand because there's only one kind. But if you fast forward to today, there are literally dozens and dozens and possibly hundreds of different types of colas or sodas uh, that exist in the marketplace. So you need a way to differentiate them from each other different type of product. So, but today it means much more than that. A brand has evolved um, up to the present time where it encompasses far more than just, as I mentioned, just your logo mark or just differentiating yourself from other products. So there's actually an interesting article that I tracked down in The Atlantic, which kind of it does a pretty good job of kind of breaking down the progression. So I'll read a, a chunk of it, uh, just a snippet of it. But uh, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and put a link to the whole article. It's a fairly long one, but it's really interesting read if you want to learn a little bit more about the history of branding. Uh, but I'll go ahead and put a link to this in the show notes. So you, you'll be able to find this at rightlydesign.com slash podcast slash four. 
Uh, and I'll put a link, as I mentioned, in the show notes there so you can, uh, she can check this out in more detail. It says, The Birth of Modern Brands. The shift from simple products to brands has not been sudden or inevitable. You could argue that it grew out of the standardization of quality products for consumers in the middle of the 20th century, which required companies to find a new way to differentiate themselves from their competitors. In the 1950s, customer packaged goods companies like Procter & Gamble, General Foods, and others developed the discipline of brand management or marketing as we know it today, when they noticed the quality levels of products being offered by competitors around them improve. A brand manager would be responsible for giving a product an identity that distinguished it from from nearly indistinguishable competitors. So to pause for a moment, that's very similar to to what we kind of touched on previously. We're very early on a brand was just a way to be able to distinguish it from other brands or from other products. So it's just a way to say, okay, yeah, this isn't just cola. This is Coca-Cola or, you know, Pepsi or whatever the actual specific brand was. But the article continues. It says, the requ- this required an understanding of the target consumer, uh, what we call a branded proposition that offered not only functional but also emotional value. Over time, the emotional value would create a buffer against functional parity. As long as the brand was perceived to offer superior value to its competitors, the company offering the brand could charge a little bit more for its products. If this brand bonus was bigger than the cost of building a brand, the additional staff and often advertising costs, the company would come out ahead. In the 1950s and 1960s, Brands like Tide, Kraft, and Lipton excelled in marketing activities, uh, setting the benchmark for all brands today. This marked the start of almost 50 years of marketing where winning was determined by, and listen to this, is important, by understanding the consumer better than your competitors and getting the total brand mix right. The brand mix is more than the logo or the price of a product It's about the packaging, the promotions, the advertising, all of which is guided by a a precisely worded uh, positioning statement. As you can see, in that amount of time, uh, over the past, you know, 50, 60 years, or even more than that, branding has very much evolved. Early on, you know, it started with something as simple as just need the need to facilitate a difference between two very similar products in the market. To today, it's come to, it's shifted away from a very tangible, this is the name of my product, which there, that is an element of the brand. But the brand now has become, uh, in addition to just the concrete name, also an emotional value, how it makes someone feel or how someone responds or how someone perceives the products that you offer or the services that you deliver or even just what you write uh, if you have something like a blog or something like that. So it's, it's, it's evolved tremendously, and now it leaves, it leaves us, anyone trying to build a business online or trying to build a personal brand or platform, with needing to know what it is that we want to convey and how we want to be perceived by our customers. Having a brand that's effective can actually make or break what you're trying to do. That's how pivotal branding can be to what you're trying to do. So in the article, it made a really uh, interesting 
point, which I kind of underscored earlier, but it said um, this marked almost 50 years of marketing where winning was determined by understanding the consumer better than your competitors. So it, where it's kind of shifted the focus is away from the product itself and to the consumer base. So what has begun to make brands successful is their ability to know their market. So like, for example, if you're going to go, if you're looking for a place to eat, there's typically going to be a different clientele or a different um, or a different set of people, so to speak, you know, different uh, dining needs, I guess you could say, for somebody who's trying to go, who wants to go to McDonald's and somebody who wants to go to Olive Garden. Most people who want to go to McDonald's, not always, but most people are just looking for something quick and easy and cheap. Not even necessarily cheap, but just quick and easy. If you're looking to go to a place like Olive Garden, what you're looking for is a place where you can sit down, you can have the family there, you can, you know, chit-chat for a while, you can make an evening out of it. They both offer food, but their brands and the way that they offer their services and the types of uh, clients or people they're trying to reach out to are different. They both have different needs. Now, of course, they both want to eat, but they're in different aspects or in uh, different scenarios. So the same applies um, to your brand as well or to a brand that you're trying to build. So, for example, Olive Garden's whole style, their messaging, their advertising, everything that they craft is done in such a way as to offer a different message, you know, more of a, a serious or traditional or classical style to, to all their marketing materials and to their advertising, to their, you know, TV ads and everything are going to are tailored to that, to that group of people they're trying to reach. Similarly to McDonald's, theirs is dramatically different in, and for the reason that they're trying to reach a customer base that's different an Olive Garden. So there's this very much kind of fun, hip. Um, and again, these brands are constantly changing and always trying to find new ways to reach the customers who are out there. You're listening to the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Okay, so we have a basic understanding and we've explored a little bit about what a brand is, what a brand is not. We've also touched on a couple of examples and gone through the progression over time um, of branding itself. But how does that apply to us? How can we start building a brand? How can we start becoming a little bit more strategic with how we approach our own brand, whether that's for our site, our company, organization, or even just our own personal brand? So as you may have guessed, branding is a pretty huge topic. So it's something that I will regularly be covering in different chunks or segments of what makes a specific brand. And I'll be doing that in future episodes. So I'll likely be, you know, just honing in on a specific element of a good brand and helping you kind of hone in on that. But today there's three main takeaways, three main things that we can consider to begin, as I mentioned, becoming more strategic with our brand today. So the first one to consider is your target market. Now, a lot of, a lot of people who have a, a business or a company, 
uh, or even just have been doing sales online or have you know a digital product or something something like, of that sort, you probably have a general idea already of what your target market is. So it's a good idea, even if you've done that, to take a little bit of time and to consider even more specifically who your target market is. Who are the people that you want to reach? Going back to the McDonald's and the Olive Garden example, they both serve within the same sphere. They're both serving food. But McDonald's is reaching a different market than Olive Garden is. There's two different experiences there. McDonald's is very quick and easy, whereas Olive Garden is kind of a sit-down experience where, as I mentioned, you you bring the family and you make a whole experience out of it. So again, two different markets, two different needs, and two different ways of serving them. So what you can do is take a moment to consider, okay, so, you know, what is the age group? What is the interests? What is the styles? What is the likes? What is the dislikes? Um, Where are these people located? So, you know, can I find them on these forums over here? Or can I find them at this club over here? Or is this, you know... Or do my competitors do this over here? So it's determining and defining the specific people or group of people or niche of people that you want to reach. So that's the first one. The second is the tone, the mood, or the style in which you reach your target market. So, you know, going again back to the McDonald's or Olive Garden example – McDonald's is a little bit more fun. They're a little bit more, you know, casual and informal. Olive Garden's a little bit more serious, a little bit more classical, a little bit more, you know, not a tie and suit type serious, but still a little bit more formal uh, than to say something like McDonald's. And again, that's all part of their brand. That's that's what they're trying to express. That's what they're trying to extend to the people who may be interested in dining there. So you want to determine, you want to do something that's a little bit more funny. So this, this comes down to things like, you know, your email copy, your blog posts that you write, um, ad copy, uh, all the different things that you are using to communicate with your potential customers is going to determine, you know, the tone, the mood, and the style. I like to use the example of MailChimp. Uh, because MailChimp, very early on, I, I used MailChimp, you know, as they're a very new company. And when MailChimp got started, they were, I mean, they still do it a little bit to, you know, to some degree now. But they were they were actually really goofy with the way that they did uh, their interface. Like they had um, at the top right-hand corner when you were logged into MailChimp, they had like links to goofy chimp YouTube videos and jokes and all sorts of things that were just kind of you know, throughout the app itself. They still do that to a little bit, a little, uh, you know, a little degree here and there, but it's nowhere near as as much as it used to. So that was very much their brand. They were just kind of a goofy, fun company. And again, they still, they still are. It's just kind of been toned toned down a little bit within their actual app now. Um, But that was just what kind of differentiated themselves from say, like, I don't know, constant contact, which was just a, a typical, um, corporate style website and voice. So it's one of those things where you want to determine how, you know, the method in which you will actually be communicating on the style in which you will be communicating to your current or potential customers. And that can even extend as far as to, you know, your support to the way that your support team 
communicates, you know, if you have a support team, you know, how they communicate with customers. So all of these things can be done intentionally based upon your brand and the way that you want to be perceived by your potential customers. The third and final thing to nail down is the message. So what is the specific thing that you're going to communicate to your current customers and clients or to your prospects or to, you know, your market? What is it that you're going to communicate to them to show them that you are going to solve a problem or a pain that they may have? So to kind of go back through uh, all three of them, you want to nail down your target market. Uh, you want number two, you want to nail down your tone, the mood and the style. And number three, the brand. So or I'm sorry, the message and all three of which incorporate your brand and how your company or your organization is going to be perceived. So what I would recommend is just take like five minutes, get out a piece of paper, do write down one, two, three, your market, your tone, mood and style and your message, and just take a little bit of time to just jot those things down. You'd be surprised how just being aware of these things can actually help you be more strategic as you begin creating new products or as you begin, you know, creating a new course or, you know, once you start your next blog post or what to write about, you'd be surprised how just simply going through this exercise can actually help you laser focus uh, when it comes to uh, reaching your market and being more successful at doing that. So having a, a strong brand is very important. As I mentioned, there is a lot of facets to having a quality brand that successfully reaches your customers and clients. Um, but hopefully this just gives you a quick idea, a kind of an overview of what a brand is, kind of alleviates some common misconceptions, and hopefully gets you on the road to becoming, as I mentioned, more strategic and more purposeful with your brand moving forward. So thank you so much for listening. Feel free to visit rightlydesigncom slash contact with your thoughts, your comments, your feedback, or any questions you might have related to branding, design, development, or marketing. And I'd be happy to turn those into full-length episodes where I answer your questions at length. So again, I do appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Be a part of the show. Contact us at rightlydesign.com slash contact with your questions, thoughts, and feedback. To read the show notes from today's episode or find previous episodes, visit rightlydesign.com slash show.